Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I recap Super Bowl 58. Joe, the Chiefs are officially back-to-back Super Bowl champions. They've won three out of five years. In my book, that means they're a dynasty. Ah, Jeff, absolutely. The word dynasty can't not come to your mind when you think about this team. I mean, three uh, Super Bowls in in five years, uh, six AFC championship appearances, six AFC West division championships. Like, come on, like, and and they've done it, you know, with like, they've maintained that sort of, um, ability to transform, right? Because this team, when you go back to that first Super Bowl uh, team, Jeff, this is not the same team. I mean, you got Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Like, I would love to go down the roster. That'd be a fun project, right, to go down the roster and look and see who who are the people that are still from that first team, right, besides Andy, Brett Feach, uh, you know, and 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 Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like, Yeah, it's really – Chris so Jones, To, to me – Chris also Jones. I mean, but, but you're right. It's it's really a different. In fact, the Niners, I think, have more players from you know they met in 2019 Super Bowl 54. The Niners actually had more players, more common players than the Chiefs did, uh, or at least more, yeah. more of the same star players. I I um, yeah. I didn't necessarily go down the roster, but so so that make that makes the dynasty conversation even better. You know mm-hmm. the fact that that this team has. Um, you know, been able to transform and keep moving and keep matching the playbook to to the players and keep matching the players to the playbook. And I think that's what I always talk about Andy Reid's secret sauce is his ability to do that. And, you know, Jeff, of all the statistics that come out of the Super Bowl, of all the things that teams, people were accomplishing, you know, whether it was un- like the units, the running back core, the receiving core, the defensive units, special teams, like of all of the things that happened in this game, to me, the number one thing that hits me over the head is the fact that it's been 20 years since a team has repeated. And I, I got to be honest, Jeff, um, I, as much as I believe in this team and, you know, know this team, no pun intended, right? Believe in Chiefs. <laughs> I was never sure that that back-to-back Super Bowl record, we'll call it a record or stat or whatever. I, I, I didn't never think that I never thought that was going to be broken. I really, I thought once the Patriots did it 20 years ago, 2003 and 2004, I thought that's going to stand forever because of free agency, salary cap restrictions, draft, you know, stock, like all the things that go into teams turning over and flipping. Mm-hmm. I never thought that that record would happen again. And, and, and now here we are the first team to have done it in 20 years. So Pretty darn amazing statistic, and I think is the most. I don't know. It's the thing that hits me the most when I think about this this Chiefs win. See, I, I was in Vegas for the week, and, and the atmosphere was really awesome. Uh, Vegas is really alive, probably more more alive than I think other other um, Super Bowl cities. I think there were more celebrities, um, more more athletes around, more hip hop stars. Um, and, and the city was just a sea of Chiefs and 49ers fans. 
the the stadium itself, I'd say it was about 60 to 40, 49ers fans. I, I don't know if that registered um on the broadcast, but just I think being so so close in Vegas, um, you know, that, that made it a little bit easier to to travel. And uh, you know, that Allegiant was rocking and showed up. The Chiefs are now five and zero in that stadium. It's, it's like they um, a lot of the players were calling it Arrowhead West. It it definitely the it. Niners had the fan advantage sixty forty, which is probably similar to kind of the the ratio between Raiders and Chiefs fans where they play there. But it it would certainly was Arrowhead West again when it when you saw the final score. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like to be a Raiders fan driving up and down the strip and seeing, you know, Super Bowl <laughs> rings on on the um, the sphere and then like showing like Chiefs helmets on the sphere. I know they'd done a lot to promote, you know, some of the successes of the teams on that sphere thing. I was like, God, that must just stink being a, a Raiders fan and like seeing that from a distance, right? Because you can see that darn sphere from like nearly everywhere. And, uh, you know, that that hit me. Um, you know, if, if, if for those Raiders fans and, 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 and the Raiders that live in the area and whatnot. But I, I'll tell you, it was hard to tell. Jeff, I'm glad you're giving um, our listeners uh, a good insight into, into that sort of breakdown of the ratios of the fans because it was hard to tell on television because of the colors. There was a lot of red. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, a lot of the 49ers swag and, and their merchandise is, is generally dominated by the red. You don't see as much of those gold jackets anymore that I think Joe Montana used to wear, like uh, <laughs> walking around uh, San Francisco. Yeah. But you like, know, I, I saw more of them than I've seen in a lot more of them probably since the 80s or 90s yeah. uh, this weekend. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of them uh, this week. <laughs> I'm sure bringing them back. But like for the game, it just looked like a lot of people were dressed in red. So it was really it was hard to tell. Um, you know, cause it, the, the camera kind of blurs out a lot of the, of the fans and stuff, you know, focusing on the game. So it was, it's interesting to hear you say that it was about 60, 40, which, you know, which makes sense geographically, you know, whatever. And people could drive even from that area. Like right? if you didn't want to spend money on a plane ticket exactly. and you wanted to spend it, your entire savings on a, on a Super Bowl ticket, you could at least, you could at least drive there. Um, which which is pretty which is pretty nice for folks whenever a game is close to them geographically. But yeah, it, it, it sounded like the stadium was 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 um, you know rocking when both teams were doing good things. You know, it, it it sounds like both fan bases were into the game, um, you know, kind of cheering and getting ready. I mean, I remember going to a Super Bowl back in the '90s, um, and it was seemed very corporate. I went to the the Super Bowl in Atlanta. When we uh, after we had lost to Buffalo in the AFC Championship game, which which is probably one of the saddest things I've ever done. I wish I wouldn't even have gone because, but we had the tickets. We had a room that was yeah. non-cancelable, so we decided to go to the game, and it was depressing to watch the team out there that we could have possibly beaten and and been in the Super Bowl. So, uh, but anyway, that that Super Bowl for me was like I I was like I don't know if I ever want to go back to one. Like it just seems so corporate and like. Nobody was cheering, and it just seemed like everybody was just hanging out at the game. Um, then again, the Cowboys kind of dominated the game, so maybe that had something to do with it. But that was Cowboys, I was that was Cowboys built when the Cowboys Cowboys games. Bills, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, I was glad to be there, but I was glad listening and watching the game. People were cheering, you know, 49ers and Chiefs. It was glad, I was glad to hear the fans getting into it at the stadium because that's what you want. You want it to feel like a game, not just some corporate event that people are showing up for. Yeah, I think part of it, the, the atmosphere was good. And I think part of it might have been, you know, it was such a competitive game and so close. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's the Bills-Cowboys game that 
that crowd. But yeah, it, it did seem like a good energized crowd. It didn't seem corporate, which is weird because tickets were just outrageous even by uh, Super Bowl uh, standards. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I think the, the opposite, I, I think the ratio was probably a little bit opposite of what the, the Super Bowl 54 between the teams in Miami was. I think that was like 60-40 Chiefs, which makes sense. That was 50 years since the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl, yeah. and I think fans were going to spend whatever they wanted. And I mean, the Chiefs fans were still great. They just, like you said, it's a little closer and easier um, for the 49ers fans. Uh, obviously, we're going to have much more on this game. I'll, I'll describe more what the scene was like. Joe's going to provide his expert analysis. But first, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite teams, path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime for your from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code Believe, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. Um, Joe, I'm sure this is first the news that the insider information that everyone wants to know. Again, I spent most of the week, at least the, the weekdays, at the Giant Dorito, the uh, Luxor Hotel. The Egyptian pyramid was, was branded as a, a triangular Dorito chip. Sadly, and this is really one of the um, very the sad news about the Super Bowl week. I did not receive free Doritos at the hotel, but <laughs> I did have a margarita, Doritos tequila at the Taste of NFL. That was a really cool event where some great chefs are there and they're paired with like former players. Our buddy who was on the pod, Nick Lowry was there, Mark Collins, Mark, McMick Mark McMillan, Almighty Mouse. So that was a fun event. And uh, yeah, and I, I got a uh, some great food. And um, some Doritos flavored tequila out of it. Nice, nice. I mean, Jeff, like, there's so many storylines to talk about, right? Yes. And and it's just, if I I'd be remiss if I didn't say that you know, this game was like a game of backups, right? It was a game of I I I, I and I'm going to use this term completely incorrectly, but like. It, it was a game of misfits, right? When you think about, about how this game worked out and some of the people that were unsung heroes, maybe that's a better word, not misfits, unsung heroes, right? About players that did things um, in this game. Um, you know, when you, when you think about, um, you know, some of like Justin Watson, the fumble recovery that he, mm -hmm. that he got, the, the one that bounced into his hands, right? Like that was the second time that he is has has had a fumble recovery at a very very key time, um, in, you know, in a game, which is pretty amazing, right? Um, you know, guys like Nick Allegretti, right, jumping in there um, and 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 getting it done, right, for who is probably one of the best offensive guards in the NFL, right, and and maybe a generational type offensive guard in in Joe Tooney, and there goes Nick Allegretti not missing a beat, right, and um, how you about know, Mike Pennell. Hardman, Joe? I was going to say, McCall, that's who I wrote my Super Bowl story yeah. about. He had such a star-crossed um, season that, you know, he um, the Chiefs didn't really want him to sign him. He goes to the Jets. He hardly plays. 
goes back to the and he struggled. You know, he fumbled in that Bills game. Uh, he had a, he had fifty seven receiving yards, and of course, the game winning touchdown, which well, I'm sure yeah, we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, and but and, yeah, and, and Justin Wa- Justin Watson goes and gets you know fifty four yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, makes some big catches at the right time. Um, you know, Mike Pennell. I mean, come on, the yeah. guy. You know had that huge stop, right, with Christian McCaffrey and just, like, six tackles in the Super Bowl was, like, not even playing football this year. Like, Yeah, filling in for Derek Nottie, which was a, a, an absence that I don't think people talked about enough. For, I mean, he's a really good run stuffer against a very good uh, run offense in the in the 49ers. Yeah, I, I just I – just, I love that about this team, that it wasn't all, you know – now, granted, Travis turned it up in the second half, right? I mean, he was amazing in the second half, and he and Patrick just had that thing going between the two of them once they got it going. Um, but, you know, it's just – I don't know. This team is made up of of players that just know how to win together. And I think it all goes back to something and a philosophy that I've been talking about, Jeff, for a long, long time about this team and, and Andy Reid's magic and it's really his ability to match the playbook to the players and to match the players to the playbook like he doesn't go one way or the other he doesn't say this is my way or the highway you know you're going to play the wide receiver the way I want you to play wide receiver because that's my offensive philosophy he finds ways to make everybody work and I'm telling you Jeff I I, I, I can't say enough about that philosophy and what it does both offensively and defensively for this team and, and, you know, the thing that the point that I want to get across that, that another point I want to get across besides like being the game of unsung heroes is this game and almost this season to a certain degree lived out the biggest cliche in football and the biggest cliche in football is offenses win games, defenses win championships. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this was a, it was the epitome of that cliche this season for the chiefs and especially this game, because look, if the chiefs don't make things happen on offense, they're not winning. Like it's not like the, the defense is going to shut out and you're, and you can't win zero to zero. Cause that would be, you know, you just can't win zero to zero and there are no ties in the super bowl. And like, this defense no, won that championship. Is close. We came pretty close. Did, we did come pretty darn close. <laughs> this this defense won the championship. The offense won the game because they had to put the ball in the end zone. They came up with the drive at the end. They got the field goal to put it into overtime. Like they did all the right things when they needed to do it. But at the end of the day, Jeff, you can't deny that this championship, the game was won by the offense, but the championship was won by the defense. And I think that's really cool. And Andy was the first one to say it, right, in his post-game speech right up on stage. And I love that he gave them props because for so long this team has been carried by the offense. 100%, Joe. Um, I mean, the, the defense shut out the Niners, a very good offense in the third quarter. And like you said, I mean, Patrick did his usual thing kind of in the fourth and, and overtime, but the offense wasn't great. This is this is about the defense. And actually, Joe, piggyback, uh, I want to piggyback on your unsung heroes theme because I thought the difference in the game, truly the unsung heroes, I thought the difference in the game was special teams. Uh, Chanel blocks a point, that point after. That's, I mean, if he doesn't do that, that's the game might not be going into overtime. The 49ers win. Bucker has the longest field goal in NFL Super Bowl history. Um and then finally, this is when I really was confident that the Chiefs 
we're going to win the game. They force the fumble on the punt and then go yeah. get a short field, score the touchdown. That's when I was really confident because um, the Niners are a really good team. Um, you know, this this game unfolded, I, I thought was going to be real, really close. The Niners are even better, I think, than that Super Bowl 54 team, which is a really good team the, the Chiefs beat last time. And we were talking a little bit uh, before recording, Joe, that, yeah, that I was um, – I was nervous, like the the way they were struggling on the gate, the Chiefs' offense. I was nervous, but like you can't let the Chiefs hang around like that within a, a reasonable distance. And once it was like ten three, they get the ball back in the second half. I'm like, um, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have this. But really, that that special teams for me, that was the the um, is the defense too, like you said. But the special teams for me, that would that was what put them over the over the top over the edge jeff awesome point couldn't agree with you more um you know he you know it, it just what what an unbelievable effort on all three uh aspects of the game right and and i just think it's it's just a testament to preparation and being ready for any situation um and it looked like it kind of looked like one of uh i think butker's field goal could have could have gone even further um, yes. and, um, you know, I felt, I did feel a little bad for, for the 49ers kicker who, you know, is a rookie and, uh, here he goes and, and he sets the, uh, the NFL record for <laughs> Super Bowl length of a field goal and then fucker goes and he breaks it like a couple of plays later. So, you know, you got to feel for somebody like that. He was probably riding pretty high and, um, but no, and, and that, you know, and then you go, boy, boy, you go from the highs and the lows, right? Think about that. Here he was, he sets the record as a rookie for you know, the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, which, which surprised me. I, I, I would have imagined it was longer, but, but, you know, a lot of times in Super Bowls, you're kind of playing conservatively because mm-hmm. you don't want to just give the, give the team the ball on like the 50 yard line. Right. Cause that's never good to a Super and, Bowl and opposing kicking, team. Joe, we could, we could have a whole nother pot about that. Kicking is really like, you know, back, like I, I feel back, like when you play, like you hit a 50 yarder, that was like incredible. Now 50 yarders, like the way the kickers are, they're amazing. It's like, it's like you expect to make a 50 yard kick. And before it was almost like such a special thing if you made a 50 yard kick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you're thinking now you're looking at like now if the game's on the line, I mean, you try a, probably a 65 yarder with some of these guys, you get a good snap laces out ball gets down, boom, you know, you're playing, especially you're playing on turf. I mean, it's, it would be nothing for somebody to even think about a 65, even, even if you had to win the game, go for the 70. And and I think, I think somewhere along the line, somebody's going to make one of those. And, um, you know, yeah, it was, uh, definitely special teams, you know, this, like, like you said, Jeff, this is adding to the unsung heroes pile. Um, you know, the other thing I love about this chiefs team is the confidence that they display in players that they trust. Um, doesn't work for everybody. Um, but you know, this, um, this coaching staff and, and, and the leaders on the team, people like Patrick Mahomes and probably some of the defensive leaders, which it's, it's a little harder to see that confidence factor, but you know, they go back to people, man. Like, like Isaiah Pacheco has that fumble. He still had 18 more cat. Like he had 18 carries, right. They were not going to deny him his opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, MVS, right. The target, you know, they're targeting him. Uh, he gets that, you know, that unbelievable catch, uh, you know, against the Ravens to seal the game, even though he dropped the same exact ball against the Eagles, which was a huge game at the time, Super Bowl rematch. Like this team just has confidence. 
like they have confidence in their players and they they just they don't game, give up Joe, on people. Joe, great point. In this game, MVS had a terrible play. There was it was um it was either overtime I or or late in the fourth where Mahomes threw to him. MVS goes backwards. Backwards, yeah. Yards, with it, and, and Mahomes puts his hands on his helmet. I, I remember seeing this uh from, from up the auxiliary press box. But the very next play, Mahomes goes back to MVS, who gets a nice game. That that piggybacking on your point again, that the fact yeah. that after such a terrible play goes right back to MVS. Yeah, I, I was it was funny. We were we were all laughing about that play when we were watching, but like, you know, it's so easy to to say, oh, well, he's going like Jeff, you got 300 pound, 340 pound defensive linemen who run, you know, four 440s. You got linebackers. You got look at the specimens of guys like, you know, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. And then you got guys, defensive tackles and ends like like Nick Bosa coming at you. Like it's pretty easy to get spun around like that and not even know where you are. And and while you're worried about some, you know, 330 pound defensive end coming and knocking your helmet off, like it's 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 easy to like, you know, for, for sure. people to say, oh, well, come on, MVS, you know, you're going you know, he's just trying to make a play and, and, but, but you're absolutely right. I was so glad to see Patrick go back to him. And that's a great point that, you know, this team just trusts each other. There's so much trust out there. Um, and this is the kind of stuff you want to talk about post Super Bowl Cause right. You know, our listeners are getting, they're getting lambasted with statistics and percentages and all that stuff that comes out of a game, like who ran for this many and who threw for that many. And, but, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you need to talk about when you play a game like that, right? Because it, it, all the statistics go away. It's really what you can uncover of, of the reasons why a team would be so, like, non-effective in the first half and then all of a sudden just, you know, come out and, and play the way they played. I mean, that just – this Chiefs team knows how to – they know how to adjust. They know how to make adjustments. I was so glad that they – um that they that they deferred to get the ball at this at the at the first half cuz sometimes in a super bowl you have to wor- wonder and worry a little if a coach is going to get so much adrenaline like give us the ball first like give it give me the ball like i'm win- if i win the toss i'm i want the ball like i'm glad they stuck to their guns and stayed with the deferral and you know we we probably should talk a little bit about the Kyle Shanahan you know um you know, decision to to take the ball first in overtime. Very much a philosophy to decide. You know, do you do you do you kick the ball first and see what you have to do? Because if they can hold the Chiefs to nothing, then all 49ers have to do is kick a field goal to win. Or if the Chiefs do score a touchdown, they know. All right, well, let's put our game plan on to getting a touchdown here because otherwise we got to tie this thing back up. So, I think there's a lot of philosophies out there around what what you do. Um, I think, and I, I had heard some of this talk going on, is that Kyle Shanahan felt like um, the chief defense was gassed, mm-hmm. and and he wanted to take advantage of that, and thought he could he could score a touchdown on that first drive, considering that you know that that the Chiefs defense was was pretty tired. They were um, you got a lot of reserves playing. You know, you don't have your full complement of players. You don't have a Menahu. You don't have Nadi. You know, you got some players that are, that are, that are, you know, been running around the field for the whole time. So, you know, hindsight's always 2020. And I know a lot of people are saying he should have kicked the ball to the chiefs first to see what he had to do. 
You know, Joe, I, I'm glad you, me you mentioned that too because I had it on my notes. And I actually, Shanahan, you know, he's lost the big leads um, the, when he was the offensive coordinator to the, the, the Patriots when he was with the Falcons. And of course, previous Niners Chiefs Super Bowl in 54, and he's now getting kind of ridiculed for this. I, I thought the same thing, that I thought the Chiefs defense was gas and he was trying to take advantage of that. Um, he didn't list that as the reason during his press conference why he went for it, which is, you know, if that was the reason, I think that's a good reason. I think both defenses were, were really gassed yeah. at the end of the game. And credit to the Chiefs, they came up with a stop, um, you know, to force a field goal. Uh, I thought – the Niners defense played great all game. And I thought it's a combination of, of Mahomes and Reed's play calling and also a very gas 49ers defense. So I, I, I think that's a good point that, you know, they, they, they played five quarters of football, you know, they, they were some tired units um, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and, and extended drive too. It wasn't like mm -hmm. they were one and two minute drives in and out. Yeah. You got You got to think about all those things as you're putting your game plan together and, and, and what you decide to do. I mean, on the flip side, given some credit where credit is due, I thought, you know, I thought Christian McCaffrey was everything he needed to be um, other than the fumble. Um, the and, he, was, he was so good, Joe. I, I thought that was going to be like maybe one of the determining factors in the game. And I thought he was like, he was very good, but I thought the Chiefs also could like, you know, he, he was kept under four yards of carry in that like he was kept under a hundred yards rush. He did a lot of damage in the receiving game, but I, I thought the Chiefs did like McCaffrey's great, but I thought the Chiefs did a pretty good job on him. Yeah. Yeah. And he, his, his thing was like, I don't know what it is. He, he runs a little differently than Pacheco. Pacheco looks like he's putting a lot of effort into when he runs. Yeah, like it, yeah. he, he's working. McCaffrey's pretty effortless. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty effortless, but yet he all of a sudden he plows through and he was he would get sometimes he would get these six, seven, eight yard carries on first down. And he'd be like, oh my God, it's like second and two. Like what just happened? Um that's something that's just that's just special, right? Just, but now there were also times where obviously because he did end up with you know less than four yards of carry. There were times where he did get stuffed. I mean, mm -hmm. there was times where that that Chiefs defensive front just stuffed him, and and I think that was you know a testament to Spags's game plan and also the you know sort of the the way that the Chiefs were playing. I thought they did a great job on Brock Purdy. I, I think they they didn't come after him in the first half as much as I thought they would, um, but they were still relatively effective. Um, I think it put him into a false sense of security. Um, and, and, and I think what, what, you know, what Spags was doing was kind of making him lulling him to sleep. And a lot of times it looked like they were almost spy rushing, right? Here comes our term again, Mrs. Fedotin. Um, it's, it's the mush rush. Um, I thought the chiefs did a, they almost mush rushed him the way that you would a, you know, a Lamar Jackson or, or a Josh Allen M more not to keep him from running, but more to get in his face and wave your hands. There was a lot of batted balls. So I think, I think that was a, a pretty spectacular way of, 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 uh, you know, kind of um, getting after him. So. Joe, a uh, great point there. I, I have one more unsung hero for you that I think needs to be discussed. Cause I don't think people, it's been talked about him enough. Uh, Trent McDuffie had an outstanding huh. game. He covered, you know, he's their slot corner. So he covered Debo Samuel, who was, a lot of the game who is such a weapon and really contained them. Uh, there, there were two really big plays 
Um, so there was a on a third and thirteen, he helped break up a touchdown pass uh, for Debo Samuel. The 49ers had to settle for that fifty-nine yard field goal. So it's three nothing, huge play. And then um, on a third and four, he blitzed. He bad down a pass. They again mm-hmm. settle for a moody field goal, and it's. 49ers, 19-16, two huge plays. McDuffie did have a hold in, in overtime that was a, you know, there was a uh, a big factor, gave him a, a first down, but he he was outstanding. And, and again, I want I wanted him to be mentioned because he's kind of flown uh, beneath the radar in, in, in many of the, the kind of national stories and podcasts and just national co- coverage of this game. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great point, Jeff. And what, what a, what a, great development curve he's had, you know, just as far as getting it together and adapting to the league. And Jeff, that is, that is such a tough position, man. Like left tackle, they might say is the most skilled position, you know, um, from an effect perspective and if, you know, like a, a, the effect that a great left tackle can have on an offense and the technique that you have to have, I mean, playing corner, man, you're out on an Island. Like it's, it is, it is not a place to be. Um, you know, we, and I think, I think the chiefs did a great job of, of sticking with their game plan and putting the confidence in the, in those guys. I think we played the chiefs played double the amount of zone defense or I'm sorry, man defense than any other team who played the 49ers this season. So, you know, that had to have an effect on Brock Purdy because he was probably thinking, well, if, you know, if other teams this year only play us 30% of the time man to man, I'm assuming that the chiefs are going to fall in line and do the same. And they doubled it with their man and played over 60%. I think they played 64% man to man. So Jeff, I mean, that's crazy when you think about the pressure that puts on uh, your, your corners, right. And, and, and what that allows the other players on the defense to do, it allows you to spy right? It allows you to, to blitz. It allows you to dog your linebackers. Like it just gives you so many options when you can play man. So I, I thought that was pretty cool that they, that they kind of stuck with that game plan. Again, there's that word confidence again, put the confidence in those corners and the safeties and said, listen, guys, we're playing man, figure it out. Cause we got other things we need to do. And they stepped up and they rose to the occasion. Joe, we've talked a lot about unsung heroes, but now <laughs> we've got to talk about the hero, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy has th- three Super Bowl titles, three Super Bowl MVPs, and he's 28. Um, he he led the team in rushing. He was eight for eight um, in overtime. And it's, it's cool that that touchdown uh, that won the game to Hardman, um, it was very similar to the corn – Andy Reid was saying, and, and Mahomes said this too after the game, very similar to corn do- the corn dog play um, that they – beat the Eagles with in the last Super Bowl with um, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore had scored on, on, on those where you kind of do a little motion, you go inside yep. and go back outside the end zone. This one, they actually called out, this was called Tom and Jerry, but it's like cousins, <laughs> cousins or siblings of corn dog. Joe, uh, just before we wrap up, you just kind of Mahomes, what, what, what can you say? Uh, Jeff, that's exactly right. What can you say? Like, what can we say about a guy who has done what he's done before his 29th birthday? I mean, um, he he's he you don't worry about if he needs to do a game winning drive. You know, he's going to put everything into it. Um, 
you know, he, he's just, he's special, man. He's special. And I think this win puts him in the elite quarterback, you know, realm of the Tom Brady's and, and the Joe Montana's. And, and I think it, it only goes up for him from here. And I think the thing that's really cool, Jeff, is the fact that here's a guy that, you know, he's going to do everything he can to keep players around him. I think it's more important to Patrick Mahomes that he wins Super Bowls and leaves a legacy than it is that he makes that extra buck. Cause guess what? He's getting it everywhere else. He probably is going to come close to making as much money in endorsements um, if he keeps on this pace than he would ever make in his salary from the Chiefs, right? And I, I just I just have a feeling that he's going to be one of those guys like Tom Brady is going to say, hey, if I need to give a little back, I can restructure my contract and make it more cap friendly so we can keep the Travises and the Chris Joneses and whoever pick a name out of the hat of the players that you know he's going to want to keep it on the roster. And I think that's really cool. I kind of sense that coming, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of sense that he is going to be the kind of teammate that is going to want to win Super Bowls and not be so much about his own big contract and being braggadocious about, well, I'm the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he really cares about that. I really don't. Um, that might work for other quarterbacks who maybe are on a team that don't have Super Bowl hopes and they just want to cash out and make as much money as they can. I don't think Patrick's ever going to fall in that. And I, to me, that says more about him or that will say more about him if he continues down that path than, than anything else, because he just wants to win. He's a winner. And I think anybody who hasn't go back and watch quarterback on, uh, on Netflix, because I think that says so much about him and his work ethic. It, it's you want to believe that everything he does is natural. And yes, does he have some talents that are so incredibly nature given? Yes, he does. But at the same time, Jeff, he works, man, he works at it. And, and I think, you know, from that perspective, you got to love it. And, and that he didn't let a lot of the distractions uh, get to him too, which is really cool. Credit, like you said, to his unselfishness that he said that he's he's already taking less money now. If you look at where the yeah. quarterback mark is going and the fact that he pledged to do that in the future. And, and also, like you said, you know, realistically, with all his endorsements, he can do that. I, um, Joe, the um, I started the week uh, living in a giant tortilla chip. I ended the week. I spent the weekend at Resort World, a, a new nice hotel there. And um, on the face of the, the Resort World, on the on the, there was a huge Patrick Mahomes Adidas ad that I would like close the curtains and go to bed to, and that, that kind of says it all about his his presence and um, yeah, and where he is. That that was kind of the last, the appropriate lasting image uh, for a Super Bowl week when I yeah. That's awesome. You got to say good night, Patrick. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good game tomorrow. <laughs> Pretty That's much. awesome, Jeff. So glad you had a good time in Vegas, and it was great for you to broadcast from there. I'm sure our listeners loved it, and uh, you know, I can't believe another Super Bowl in the books. And but don't stop listening because you know the NFL keeps it's the gift that keeps on giving. So you know our listeners need to make sure they keep listening because Jeff and I will be at this every. Uh, every week for for the remainder of the off season and back into the season so uh totally and we're, we're we've got some cool guests that we're gonna the, the chief's news never stops but we will have some cool guests as well well if you enjoy this show presented by bet online please subscribe we're available on your favorite directories itunes spotify google play luminary and tune in thanks for listening and we'll be back next week and go chiefs 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.